0: Welcome to Books, Words, and Lady Nerds. Jonna and Ariana here to talk about reading moods and how to go with the flow. Chapter 1, Feeling Moody. What does feeling moody mean? Um, To me, feeling moody is instead of following a prescribed list, like a series of books, you follow what you feel like you should be reading. So, So previously I've been in a fantasy fighting the patriarchy kind of mood, and lately I've been in a very swoony kind of mood. I've been reading a lot of this kind of thing. Um, It started when we went to BookCon, and it was um, I picked up from Dimple with Met Rishi and from Twinkle with Love, just because the artwork was so beautiful, from Sandra Manon. And then when I came back home and read those, they were just so great that I picked up the other book that they have, is There's Something About Sweetie, and she has a new one coming out. It's really great because they've got these really cute couples, this really great Indian Desi perspective of, like not necessarily arranged marriages, but something like arranged romances and how people kind of deal with that. Like sometimes that could be a good thing. It's, it's kind of like being set up on a date by some, one of your friends. You, they know what you like. So would you say you're pretty convinced by the
1: chemistry between characters? Yes.
0: Very convincing because there's definitely that level of I don't like him in there or some sort of disregard. And there's, and the characters are very different in there. So some characters will start off with, oh, I don't like them because they're pushing me into a relationship. Where others are like, oh, I'm the good kid. I always want to make my parents proud. I'm definitely going to do this for them. Swoon reading four of five. Because it's they're definitely high school ones and they're very chaste, but it's super cute. A lot of times that's... I also recently read Everything, Everything by Nicola Yoon. This is about... A girl named Maddie who has bubble kid disease where she literally cannot leave her house. She has a nurse that comes to her, and a boy who, the boy who moves in next door, Ollie, who has an abusive father. So they start chatting via text messaging, via instant messaging, emails. And it's really just the cutest, like how can you have a relationship when you can't even touch somebody? And it's all about how our words have meaning. And I'm also reading right now, The Sun is Also a Star, which I'm super hooked on it. And it makes me kind of mad that I'm so busy right now because it is just so good. I've talked about it before. It's all about these interconnected things. Uh, Daniel believes in fate. Natasha does not believe in fate. But they're just this great meet cute what what should we do kind of thing and you find a little bit more about the story it's definitely show your fans not tell your fans It's definitely keeps the secrets of the book you don't know everything about the character on the first page i have some swoon books on tap i'm i'm very prepared to be in this mood for a while i picked up what if it's us by becky Albertalli and adam silvera and it's this Arthur, Ben, meet cute, fall in love, fall out of love, fall in in love kind of fate thing and I just I just cannot get enough of it. Also it has a really cute cover. I'm also going to read Less by Andrew Sean Greer and it's a guy gets an invitation to his ex-boyfriend of nine years wedding, wedding and he's like I can't do this. I can't go to the the wedding and so he he's normally does literary events and he just has these half-baked literary events and he just runs away all over the world instead of really dealing with his problems and then frankly in love which is one of the most gorgeous books i own it's about frank lee who has a very strict korean family and he falls for a girl named brit who's white and does not meet with his parents approval and joy song has the same thing but she's she's Korean, and it's they fake-date each other, a la To All the Boys I've Loved Before, and it's like, well, when you fake-date someone, sometimes feelings fall out of that. Um, and I did read To All the Boys i Loved Before, and I watched the movie. To be honest, watch the movie, don't read the book. Really? It's a little more streamlined, because a lot of times in that book, I gave it three out of five stars. It's pretty good. It's definitely an entertaining read. I didn't. I didn't stop listening to it, because I, I audiobooked it. But it was just so much more streamlined. Like Watching it and knowing what, what was happening in the books, they didn't miss anything that was important, and they still had the whole overall feel of the book. It did feel a little more rushed, but that's short movie versus long book. And then I'm also... Oh, I started a new audiobook, because I started P.S. I Love You, or P.S. I Still Love You, which is the second book in that series, mm-hmm. by Jenny Hahn. And it's just too high schooly. Um, I know what you mean. It's it's just a little too much. After go- going through a h- whole book of very high school drama stuff, and going back into it is like, I can't do it yet. I need mm-hmm. a little bit of a break from the characters. It's, but I, I got to go back to it because Netflix did the second movie too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started Landline by Rabel Rowe. And it's. About this woman who's very dedicated to her job as a TV producer. And so she's supposed to go back for Christmas to Nebraska instead of where she is in LA to spend Christmas with his, her husband and her husband's family. Um, but she's got this all important meeting, and there seems to be some sort of it's not time travel exactly, but it does have the effect that she could change their marriage or she could stop it from ever happening and it's like the repercussions and where you have to think about that kind of thing which is really great so that's my rundown of those books so i wouldn't i don't know Swoonie is really good especially since my job has been so stressful right now it's just nice to fall in love in somebody else's eyes i have that warm comfortable love with my husband but it's it's definitely different from the initial swoon. he's so cute and you're just like oh my gosh they're too cute
1: and that's just a natural way of things. Aiden and I were actually talking about that recently. Because mm-hmm. um, it's been a stressful time, too. Like, the 2019 was stressful in many different ways. And having a toddler makes... It, it, your relationship has to change, it has basically.
0: To. That your it has to evolve. Your 2019 was my 2017. Yeah. It's like, you have to... Take care of this tiny person. They're all about your life. And then it's for me, because my daughter, not that it's a bad thing, loves me so much. She doesn't really gives me, give me very much space. She always wants to be with mom. And that makes it very hard to do introverted things that I've always done. Like sit and read a book by myself for seven hours. Or, or whatever crochet or do whatever. Crochet. Yeah. Uh, cook things without having to teach somebody around along the way. Play video games. She definitely wants to be in that in in the thick of things, which can slow things down and not kill the entertainment of it, but just kind of make it less relaxing.
1: Yeah, I would say that that's about where Harry is at too. He he does get into his own stuff and he'll get busy doing whatever you know, he wants to do, but uh, you you just don't have enough time or as much time for yourself, and so that's another reason why your relationship has to change, because at the end of the work week, or at the end of the work day, you're so exhausted. Sometimes all you have is a bit of energy left over to give to your kid so you can mm-hmm. you know, express love and everything and appreciation to your kid, and sometimes that's all you can do. You can give your spouse a kiss and be like, I'm just gonna sit on the couch tonight, have a cup of tea, and read my book. You can play video games over there. <laughs> I'll sit next to you, and, like, every once in a while, I'll, like, hold your hand, but <laughs> I'm not sexy right now,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was ours for a little bit. It was, like, I just do not care. I yeah. Just, I just need to rest. I just need... Especially this, this last week, I've been in a brain fog. Like, I just get yeah. out, and I've just gone cross-eyed from looking at so many spreadsheets. Ugh.
1: Hours and hours of looking
0: at screens. And also, for me, it's also fun, because... While I love my husband, and he's great, he's not romantic. <laughs> uh, he's very cut and dry. He's very funny. It's very comfortable to be with him. I, I love him. He's very sexy. Not romantic. Not, <laughs> not a flower giver. Not a not any of those. In fact, uh, he re- when he proposed to me... It, it was supposed to be this grand gesture, and apparently I ruined it. <laughs> um, and it ended up being proposed in a parking lot, which is perfect for us. But it's not the uh, boombox outside of your house romantic thing. So this is kind of like me dipping my toes into that kind of thing, mm-hmm. like living another person's life. But it's also fun because it's like, oh, there's also the, all of these problems that can go along with that. Because a lot of the time poetry and romance doesn't say exactly how you feel. And we've had a very cut-and-dried communication with us. For us, communication is everything, whether we realize it or not.
1: And I think that's probably where I've had a lot of issues with a lot of young adult books that I read back in high school. And even now, like, even as a teenager, it would occur to me as I read about these characters, like, oh my gosh, why don't they just communicate with each other? Yeah, why don't
0: you just say the thing you're thinking? Why,
1: Why not just be honest and... I mean, of course, this goes back, of course, to issues with that teenagers definitely experience um, in the with regard to figuring out who they are as people, feeling self confident, not maybe not feeling confident enough to be truthful,
0: right? And it uh, can also feel kind of um, it can kind of be ostracizing to be truthful like mm-hmm. that or be honest because you want to be a quote the cool kid, yeah. Whereas, like for me, it was like. Okay, we're boyfriend and girlfriend now, and that means that we're going to be together and only us together until we decide to not be together, and then you're going to tell me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And we've never ever had a problem with it because it was so cut and dried in the yeah. beginning. And it's like, oh, you sound like a witch. Well, it was very helpful in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, then I can be swoony with you. Then I can be romantic and sneak kisses with you because I know all of those fears that. A lot of people have? Is he thinking about somebody else? What are we? I didn't have that problem. I knew exactly where I stood.
1: That is pretty much exactly how it happened with Aiden and me. And it does make me reflect on the few previous relationships I had before Aiden. And I'm sure that some of the way I comported myself was influenced in a way by some of these teenage books or teenage, these books that featured teenagers as
0: characters. That's Right. And some of your learning comes from social media. It comes from television. You're like, oh, this story is telling me that this is how people act. And so that's what you think is the normal when you can just do whatever you want Mm -hmm. and be honest in your own way. And that's fine. Yeah, which is also kind of fun about the the sun is also a star is because it has a very frank scientific character. Um, versus a poet. Mm -hmm. And he believes it's fate and she believes that fate doesn't exist. And they're they're such opposites and they so clash, but they also have this great chemistry of the opposites attract, Mm -hmm. and they become slightly different people because of the other person. And it's so fast in the short span of a day, and it's just so wonderful. I'm just enjoying it. I'm going to be very sad when this book is over because... You can only read a book
1: once. Exactly. Uh, And I mean, well, you know, sometimes you let 10 years go by and you read it again. It is like reading it for the first time.
0: Oh, absolutely. I (laughs) I think I did that with Percy Jackson 1 recently.
1: That's going to be how it is when I reread those books, because I haven't read them for like 10 years or something. Yes.
0: But it was also like fun. I was like because I know what the recent books are like. Mm-hmm. Going back to that original one, much like how Harry Potter 7 is not the same book as Harry Potter 1. Yeah. Same thing. It was very young kids, very 11-year-old ch- kid book, Set in the stage basically. Yes. And I
1: mean the books did mature as we matured. And I mean that's kind of how it just happened.
0: Yeah, exactly. The the a book written like seven would not have flown for book one it's just what it's just there's too much build up into it there's just too much drama and backgrounds yeah. and all of those kind of things like watching an a, a marvel movie mm-hmm. some of those marvel mo- people are like well you can't watch just iron man and know what's going on i was like because it's part of the universe it's exactly. part of a whole continuum if, mm-hmm. if that's if you want a one shot where you understand everything in one movie, that's not the movie for you. Right.
1: I mean, you've gotta if you're gonna watch Endgame, you've gotta watch all the ones that came before it. You or j- at least a good portion of them. Exactly. If you hit the, the major ones like can, Iron Man, Captain America. Yeah, you can skip Hulk. Skip Hulk. That's what I would do. Yeah. Actually, so the fact that you touched on Harry Potter book one versus book seven and how they did mature. This book I read called Harry Potter's Bookshelf by John Granger, and I do not know John Granger, he is not paying me to talk about his (laughs) book. But I read it recently and it goes into that, allowing Harry and his friends to get older in the books, as opposed to keeping them the same age, which you find in a lot of series like boxcar children. Right. Or Nancy Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew or um, some of the last forever. Exactly. They're always like or even like in certain TV shows, Simpsons, American Dad. All of those characters mm-hmm. stay the same age and the only time that changes is if they're kind of doing a, a different plot line for yes yeah it, it,
0: but it's not the norm yeah um and you need that kind of growth for characters when you to be engaged for that long. exactly because if you read a series where the character doesn't grow or doesn't change whether they age or not hmm it feels flat it doesn't resonate with you like a normal book like a book where you you know these people and seen their struggles and, Mm -hmm. oh, I remember when he was such a jerk in the beginning and he's so much nicer now. Like, they have to evolve. Exactly. So, on the topic of reading
1: moods, I wouldn't say I'm quite in the swoony mood, but I suppose I'm in the the Jane Austen swoony mood, Which the Jane Austen version of swoony. Right,
0: I'm definitely modern swoon, not courting ladies swoon. But <laughs> I have definitely been in that kind of
1: yes. swoony mood. And I used to be more of a list reader. I still have a list of books that I want to read. Maybe, maybe I think so, I, st- I think I still want to read some of them. But I, I've had this old notebook. I have stopped updating it because I use Goodreads instead now. But I used to make lists of books, and I tried to keep to lists, but invariably what happens is I just get into a different mood, and I'm like, you know what? I know I made a list of ten science fiction books that I wanted to read, but I actually want to go
0: over here and read a young adult, you know, high school drama. Right. So... It's like, ooh, I'm feeling spooky because it's Halloween. Let's exactly. Let's go over into adult mysteries or a thriller. Yeah. It's like, and so for me, it's like, I don't normally stray from the kind of books that I like. I'm definitely a young adult fantasy person. For the longest time, even mm-hmm. before I even knew that that was a like a a, genre. A genre. I just accidentally kept picking those because that's my jam. Yeah. And since young adult literature, or especially fantasy and science fiction, has exploded in the last 10 years. Yeah, it really just, has. Just, just confirms so it's like, oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> um, but but I'll, I'll take a dip in there. It's like, okay, well, someone said that this is the best thriller that they've ever read, and they're a thriller reader, so I'll try it. And a lot of times they fall flat because it's just not the mood I'm in. But exactly. sometimes it's great.
1: Yeah, lately it's it's reading mood all the way because life is too hard and I have too little time. And, you know, of course I could find the latest New York Times bestseller list and read everything that... They quote unquote think I should be reading,
0: right? And I... or I could it. just be happy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like also like I've I've actually did, since starting this podcast, like, well, what is that? People talk about it all the time. Like, I want to see what's on it. I was like, oh, okay, I get that. So like young adult literature, Children of Blood and Bone is mm-hmm. it's been running for, on the top, top yeah, five for it's like on my to be read shelf. For but... I have a physical copy in my in my room right now, and. But I'm just not there. I know. I I'm just like. Her. I, I don't, don't want to start
1: a revolution. I, I, I want to read it, but I'm like, I, I can't do it justice. I, yeah, I can't. I, I want to be in the right state of mind to read it. Right now, I need to read stuff that is assured of having happy endings.
0: Yes, um, that's like the hate you give. No, I'm sorry. I yeah. can't do that. I can't do Handmaid's Tales right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. There's just too much crud going on in my life that I want. I actually read the entire series of the Cat Who books, which was a cat who solved mysteries via his owner, and it's absolutely as silly as you've ever heard, but what I called it was cotton candy for the brain. It wasn't something literary genius. I was never going to get an award for reading all of them, but damn, they were good.
1: I used to have a lot of those. I never read them, and then I had to like give them away because I moved so many times. But I still
0: kind of want to read them. I do mean, so, like, the Cat Who books, Cookie Murder Mysteries. Oh yeah, I've heard of those. Um, I think I have one on my reading list. I read one that was a coffee shop series, and it had a really great coffee thing, and it was just, it was nice yeah. to just escape into this world where a murder is solved by the end, and maybe she gets with the guy. Exactly. It's you know we
1: we live real life. We are parents. We work outside the home Mm because that's what we have to do and Mm -hmm. we like our jobs Mm -hmm. and through our jobs we even before like both of us work in offices like we're on the computer all the day all day but both of us also used to work retail and so in both of these settings we've interacted with a whole slew of human beings right they come in all shapes and sizes and mannerisms (laughs) some of them are
0: really crappy people. Some people are really <laughs> crappy some people.
1: people. Are just, and it's like, you know what? I just want to read a book that has, is assured of having protagonists who succeed in their ventures by the end and who can give the crappy characters what for.
0: Right. That's also like, this is the, like um, I don't watch a lot of TV shows that have become very popular, like um, Breaking Bad. Oof. And like rescue me and that kind of thing because those characters very clearly are not the good people that they start out to be. And Mm -hmm. you know that you're going into it getting drama and getting all of this intrigue. They're stressful shows. But they're very stressful. And it's like there's no there's never a happy ending. As soon as they get a happy ending, the show would be over. So there has to be some constant stress. And I just I'm not about that life. (laughs) We have
1: enough stress. Keeping a roof over
0: our heads is quite enough. Right, exactly. It's like, I have to make sure that my toddler lives through the day. Um, I would like to kiss my husband at the end of the night. And everything else in between gets to be my domain. So please keep that stuff away from me. Don't get me wrong. I read the Game of Thrones books. Me too. But... I was in a very Game of Thrones place at the time. It was like, ooh, I want I want intrigue. Yes, I want court drama. I want people to be murdered randomly. I want explicit sex scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Explicit sex scenes. (laughs) Seriously. And then it got to be too much. Yeah, it got to be way too much. A little too weird.
1: Yeah, really weird. Yeah, it was definitely... And then they never finished Axe to Grind with Game of Thrones is... I understand writer's block. I understand that, you know, it, it takes time to write good stories and it's it's just it just feels like it's been over ten years since what is it uh, what was the last one A Dan- dance, dance, of dance, of dance of dragons came out and by the end of book five I was like there are only supposed to be two more books. How are they, how is he going to tie all this up?
0: Right. And I think that's, um, it's kind of like he wasn't being honest with himself. He got caught up in the hype because there's so much money. Whereas like Patrick Rothfuss Mm -hmm. wrote the name of the wind, the wise man's fear, slow regard for silent things. Absolutely. My favorite books. They're they're at the top of my list. It took him 20 years to write the name of the wind. Mm -hmm. And so for people and it's, you can tell there is a craft in there. He, he invented yes. a game. He invented languages. He world building is really, yeah really excellent. But that takes time, and he's honest about it. He's like, I I'm not a fast reader. I'm really glad, or writer. I'm really glad you like my books, but I can't write fast, and I'm sorry. Like I'll continue writing, but I can't guarantee anything. Whereas. I feel like George R. 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 Martin was like, oh yeah, I'll get that done next year. Next year. Next year. Next year.
1: If if I knew, if I was to know that the next Game of Thrones books, Games, Games of Thrones book, had a street date available for, you know, to the public to see, of course, I would rebuy some $1 mass market paperbacks oh, yeah. from half price books. You'd get them so cheap. I would get them so cheap. And I would reread those books because hell if I'm not gonna keep on yeah. figuring, finding out what happens to these characters, right. and not the show version, because I, I I dropped off the show. Like,
0: it was very similar, and I guess it split off and had a very good spirit of the things, but yeah. it's also... Yeah, it's gonna
1: be like Full Metal Alchemist, <laughs> the way that show went, and then it caught up to the manga, mm-hmm. and they were like, well, we'll just make up the rest as we go, and then the manga finished, mm-hmm. and they were like, well, well, I guess we'll redo the anime, so... <laughs> it's like,
0: Sometimes, it's like, I understand, like, making money and using these stories and being happy. But at the same time, let stuff die. Like, let series die. Like, let let them it, end. They must end. Yeah, it, it's, it's okay for... I mean, it's definitely an art. Just let... Just admit to yourself that I don't want to do this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. people... Authors do that all the time. They're like, yeah, I'm just not in that headspace. I actually... One of my favorite bands is a band... And they have an album and it's 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 the very last track on one of their albums. And someone it's like a live album and they someone shouts in the crowd a very old song. And the lead singer's like, Hey man, I know that You want, like, street cred for knowing our old music and requesting our old music. But that's not who we are anymore. You're asking for us to play a song that we wrote 10 years ago. We're not the same people that we were 10 years ago. And if you want those songs, you can have them. That's yours. Take it on to yourself. You can be the greatest early rise against cover band, but that's not us and we don't want to write that and we don't want to write like that. And we don't want to have to relive that constantly Mm -hmm. because, because writing is so emotional. There's so much of yourself that you put into the book, whether you realize it or not. And if you're not in that place, or if you've got writer's block, do something else. A lot of times that'll just flush out the demons. Very true. I was in
1: a Harry Potter mood starting late last year. And... um, You know, every once in a while, usually around winter time, every year, or every couple of years, I'm just like, I need to read Harry Potter again. It's that time.
0: It's because they're set in winter. Yeah. Yeah, Like the school year is only in winter. What did Harry Potter do in June? Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It helped
1: that the fourth illustrated edition or the book, the illustrated edition of the fourth book came out last year. And I was like, well, this is an excuse to read the first three books and then wait for the fourth one. And in the middle, I, was I like,
0: oh, twist my arm. I yeah. have
1: to reread it. <laughs> <laughs> so I read, the, I mean, of course, I tried to time it so that I would read all three books right when the fourth one came out. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, what? In, it, it, it happened, of course, like I busted through the three books really <laughs> quickly. And I was like, well, it's still like a month to go or so before the fourth book comes out. So I went back and rediscovered the Tamara Pierce fantasy series that she started writing during the 80s and this is a great example I think of how a series can be structured so that it it ends and then begins again but in time like it doesn't it goes forward in time and mm-hmm. then then she has some prequels that she wrote later on um, again, I don't know Tamara Pierce. She's not paying me to talk about her books. But they, I think they still stand up to the test of time. The first book Series. this is what happened. So, like, I read Harry Potter and then I was like, well, I have to wait for the fourth edition, the illustrated edition to come out. Well, what do I have on my bookshelf? I don't really feel like reading anything new. I kind of want to reread something. So that's the kind... That's another mood. Rereading. I'm like, I don't want to have to, like, make my brain work for understanding something new. I'm like, I just want to read something that maybe I even haven't read in a long time, but I'm still, like, familiar with it. That's exactly what happened to
0: me with Percy Jackson. It was like, I need something very comfortable that when I want to focus on it, I can focus on it. But for the most part, it can just kind of be background noise. Yeah. I would have to, like, do reports and stuff, and it's easier to focus when you're just listening to something. Mm -hmm. And it was just... And it's also, like will also give you, like, the feels. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, oh, I remember, like, reading like this, and it's like, oh, they're so cute. And yeah. Like, Aw, your life is gonna be so hard, baby. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I was like, man, I really want to read about Alana the Lioness. <laughs> and so that's the first series that came out. Four, like, Tamara Pierce wrote three quartets, four books each, and then the tail end of the last quartet, I think, coincided with when Harry Potter started coming into the U.S., and the books kept getting longer and in one of her afterwards she actually says, Thank you to J.K. Rowling who taught me that kids actually want to read longer books. So her later books that take place in the Tortal series are much longer. Mm. So Alan of Lioness is a girl who disguises herself as a boy to go and become a knight in the capital city she has a twin brother who is supposed to be the one going to learn to be a knight and he doesn't want to he wants to learn magic both of them have what is called the gift the gift with a capital G Alana is totally unsuited to magic school her brother isn't they switch places Mm -hmm. they look exactly alike so especially with
0: younger children it totally works like anything under like 14 Mm -hmm. any gender yeah
1: exactly um, what really kind of and it was like read, reading them for the first time ever because the first time I read Alana was back in like seventh or eighth grade and then I read them again maybe in tenth grade maybe mm-hmm. eighth maybe ninth grade but it struck me like oh man she is dealing with some real stuff like she has to deal with being a girl she doesn't want to be a girl she can't stand being a girl but then in this particular universe the people who do know her real identity are like you know you're going to have to like reveal yourself at some point, it's going to be impossible for you not to. Mm -hmm. Besides, don't you want to be able to like flaunt your girlness? Mm -hmm. And eventually, of course, she does come to that realization, but it's just a really interesting story about how she kind of goes through, does everything that the boys do, and does it better than them. Mm -hmm. Because she is just better at it than them. She's better at swordplay, she's better at
0: horseback riding. For me, I've had that conflicted part of me. Mm -hmm. It was like, all the stuff that I like is is, is geared towards, quote-unquote, boys. That's a boy thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely not. Seriously, whatever though. Whatever makes you happy. If a boy wants to wear makeup or if a girl wants to throw rocks, just let them do that. Because it, it pushed me so far the other way. I was like, I'm not like those other girls. I'm not a girly girl. And it really kept me from really liking those kind of things, whether I liked them or not. It was like... I love nail polish, but I didn't I denied myself that for so long because that's a girly thing and I'm mm-hmm. not a girly girl.
1: I denied myself the color pink for a while because I was like I don't want to wear a pink thing. I like Star Wars and stuff. There's no pink in Star Wars. I I got comments from a couple like I don't even remember their names, but I think I had like a Star Wars book that mm-hmm. I brought to school sometimes to read. And people would be like, you like Star Wars, but you're a girl. Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, well, but it so what? <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't remember if I even said anything to them because like I was a very timid child. Same. And so I wouldn't stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. I just continued reading my Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you, Dad, by the way, for <laughs> <laughs> he's probably never going to listen to this podcast. That's but, fine. you know, he was the one who put a new hope on tv
0: mm-hmm.
1: when i was like 8 years old and we still had the vhs at that time mm-hmm. and i was like i didn't think i was going to like it cuz it totally looked like a boy kind of movie oh yeah absolutely i mean it's darth vader on the cover of that vhs and, <laughs> and, it's and all then, blacks and grays yeah. yeah and then we watched it and i was like oh my gosh this is amazing <laughs> in my 8 year old mind right um but yeah i have to th- I, mean, I have to think a friend of mine, Rachel O'Payton for turning me on to Alana the lioness. Again, I don't know if Rachel O'Payton will listen to this and if she does, yay. But, <laughs> um, she lent me these Tamara Pierce books. She kind of introduced me to a lot of the fantasy, like Diana Wynne Jones, I think was one of them. And then like a couple others that I was like, Oh my gosh, this kind of story exists. And, um, is helpful too because I there was like a brief time when Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was out. Like there were only three books available in the United States at the time, and, and just in general, like only the three had books. Wait. You just have to wait. Um, my dad didn't want me to read them. Mm. He saw me reading the third Harry Potter book from the library, from the school library, and he was like, "You have to give that back to the library right, like today." <laughs> he was really mad at me. And I didn't really understand why. And if I asked him today, I would probably have... To, he, he, he might even have to dig back in memory lane. Like, right. why did he forbid me from reading Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't a religious thing, I don't think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It might have been a, it's distracting you from your schoolwork kind of thing. But, because um, maybe I was staying up too late doing homework. And he was like, it's because of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But in any case... Um, I was I discovered Tamara Pierce around the same time as Harry Potter and um so like of the Lioness that's the first quartet and it just kind of chronicles her time learning to be a knight and it kind you know it goes through the whole arc like becoming a knight having to reveal herself as a woman because it's pretty obvious from like the names of the the titles of the series and everything that she reveals herself at some point. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of just has to figure out like who she is as a woman and what she wants to do because she feels like conflicting desires about like, well, I want to be a knight, but I also want, I just, I want to have a family. Like Mm -hmm. that's totally okay for me to want. I want to do both things. How can I do both things? And then, you know, it becomes a question of like, how can she find a healthy relationship where A potential spouse would give her the room Mm -hmm. to
0: do to be both things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Some of where, whereas I have always been very out loud about my quote boyish nature. It's definitely that kind of thing. Like I definitely dated the first boy that was like gave me the any sort of attention while still being like that. But it's so those books are so good because like I distinctly remember Graceling being the first main girl character mm-hmm. who becomes this badass assassin who goes through these travels, travels all the world and she's just the best at everything and it's it's got this complicated intrigue and she's got interesting friends and it was just like oh this is what books could be like, mm-hmm. like it, they, girls can do and have adventures and mm-hmm. they can fall in love and they can still be badass queens mm-hmm. and it's just so good
1: Yeah, I, uh, because of Harry Potter, I mean, eventually, of course, the fourth illustrated edition came out, and I went through books four through seven over, like, a period of November through January, and after that, I was like, what do I do now? I still don't want to leave the Harry Potter world, so, you know, I picked up Tales of Beetle the Bard. Actually, I read Tales of Beetle the Bard between books six and seven this time, instead of waiting till book seven was done. So I read that, and then I was like, well, what else? And I was like, alright, I'll, d- I'll read the script for Cursed Child again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's that was good. Now, now what else? Mm-hmm. And so I had, um, a couple of years ago, Aiden and I went to London for fun, because... We wanted to, we had been talking about it and have to. <laughs> have to I know trip. I was, I was also pregnant at the time uh. and I didn't, I mean, of course, like we had planned this trip before I got pregnant. Yes, And so I was kind of like, Oh my gosh, am I, I going to be okay on a 10 hour flight on the plane? Like, am I going to be able to get a seat near the bathroom? I totally got a seat near the bathroom. Oh, it was great. And we went to the Harry Potter exhibit at the British library Um, that wasn't quite planned. It was like, we bought the tickets for London and then I discovered that there was going to be a Harry Potter exhibit and I was like, it's opening like two days after we get to London. I guess I'm getting tickets. (laughs) Okay, we got tickets.
0: Thanks, Fate. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So I got... Harry Potter the Exhibitions like souvenir book and I read through that too because I was like I just need to sink into that world still like I just need to be in it. Oh yeah it's definitely
0: like going through the movies and Mm. then reading all the watching all the extras. Yes exactly. There's
1: there's more there has to be more. And then I'd had this book Harry Potter's Bookshelf that I picked up from a bargain pile probably at Barnes and Noble or Borders maybe I got it at Borders when I still worked there and I was like okay it's time to read Harry Potter's Bookshelf because I just I need more or Harry Potter in in my head right now like I don't want to be anywhere else I just want to read some other nerds take on the Harry Potter books and of course I'm reading it and I'm like oh my gosh I still want to be in the Harry Potter world like and I'm kind of paced like this book Harry Potter's bookshelf goes into like a lot of themes literary themes and other writings and books that serve to inspire Harry Potter and um, some of it like he he's a pretty dedicated Harry Potter fan and can even directly like quote J.K. Rowling as having said she read this or she read that and like this had
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and kind of draw conclusions from the fact like okay well she probably read Gulliver's Travels and this is how Gulliver's themes in Gulliver's Travels are reflected in Harry Potter. Right. This is how certain things in Jane Austen's books are carried through in Harry Potter. This is how the certain certain gothic traditions in English literature, romantic themes in English literature, certain um, not necessarily like Certain religious things. I don't think he really gets into like religion, as opposed to like certain values that are held, like spirituality and stuff. How all of that kind of serves and like serves to kind of put Harry Potter in a certain context where it's like, oh my gosh, it was all planned out. All of the characters, all of everything they said, all the behaviors and the and the actions and everything. It was all like. On purpose. Right. So, like the fact that Hermione is smart and Ron is like kind of the brawn of the team he and like the heart. he's the heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's the heart of the team and Harry's the spirit of the team. Yeah. That was a deliberately planned triumph for it. Yes. Or, trifecta, trifecta, Trifecta? maybe? Yeah. So I was like reading this and I got inspired. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm old enough to want to actually do English again and Mm -hmm. like do an English class Mm -hmm. and read some of the books that maybe I couldn't appreciate in a certain way before. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: So I'm like, I'm old enough for this. I'm an adult and I can choose to read Plato's The Republic because I want to, Mm -hmm. not because a teacher's assigning it Mm -hmm. to me. So I crafted, this is the mood I'm in. I'm Mm. in kind of British lit, Swoony mood because I started with Jane Austen after finally finishing mm-hmm. Harry Potter's bookshelf. I was just like, Well, I'm gonna read all of Jane Austen's books. I'd read three of them before, and I'm like, I was just gonna, I'm gonna read all of them. I'm gonna read <laughs> all of it. And
0: well, it could be a list <laughs> yeah. and a mood. So
1: it's like a list and a mood, and I, I guess I'm just in like, I'm reading in J.K. Rowling's literary footsteps mm-hmm. in a manner of speaking. Mm-hmm. I made a whole list. I'm gonna find, I mean, I Gulliver's Travels is one of those books that you often find in the children's section,
0: mm-hmm.
1: illustrated editions, mass market paperback editions. You know, you find it in both regular fiction as well as children's fiction in most bookstores. And classics, I'm like, exactly, it'll be in, it'll be in, in classics. In classics. Um, it'll be in children's classics, which is often segregated from the rest of the books, so they can be in a find it. It'll be like Gulliver's exactly.
0: Travels and The Secret Garden,
1: right? And I'm like, I'm ready to read this book. I'm ready to read this. I mean, I can remember various instances growing up. You know, I'd had I'd have an uncle or an aunt or a grandparent who'd be like, oh, you should just read this book. It's good. And it's
0: like, well, but I'm 10. <laughs> and I think I read Gulliver's like, Travels around that. I was like, I saw a movie remake of it mm-hmm. or something. And I was like, yes, I'm going to read this. And I was like, oh. And I started reading. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to read this. Right. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's, I'm, you know,
1: Maybe in a different time period, that is what kids read, or and and even adults. But and the thing is, I think a lot of these books were meant, were kind of conceived of with an adult audience in mind. Mm -hmm. But now I'm just like, I want to read all of these books where certain themes are like, you know, present and still in Harry Potter's. So at the moment, so I just finished Emma. Um, Harry Potter's bookshelf does touch on Emma a bit. I'm actually going to talk about. Some of the other, like, non Harry Potter related thoughts on Emma, just because, like, I am in the Jane Austen place right now. She is a really good writer. It is. She is not for everybody.
0: Oh yeah. Like we, we, we recently <laughs> had this discussion. and I was like, I just don't have the energy. Yes. To be committed to their outfits, Exactly
1: <laughs> and their and their their bonnets and their their balls and everything.
0: And but the thing is, it's like all the little slights that happen in English court. And we're mm-hmm. talking about the upper middle, not the middle upper. And it's like, yeah, I it's, I just couldn't do it. It's so that's a that
1: idea of class structure right. is very much explored in Emma. Um, I actually started with Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility those were like the first two books I read by her and the ones by, with which I was more familiar because I've seen movie versions of both of them. Um, Pride and Prejudice is very funny and um, you know, after having read Harry Potter and having like enjoyed other similar books before, like I, I really enjoyed Jane Eyre but it's true, you have to be in the mood for that kind of writing. Sometimes you just can't pick up one of these books and just read it on the fly. Uh, I just happened to be in that place. Uh, it, it's, it is it uh, is a more challenging place. I had to look up a lot of words on dictionary.com <laughs> because they use them differently. So right. um, Emma is often described as Jane, one of I guess Jane Austen's most difficult heroine. And I can see why, because Emma really goes into uh, notions of class distinction In ways that seem kind of foreign to a 21st century mindset and then ways that don't seem that strange Uh, Emma has goodwill in her heart but she is rather condescending (laughs) towards people who are not of her station Mm -hmm. she makes a friend Harriet Smith who nobody really knows who her parentage is she is what they call a parlor boarder in the town in which Emma lives she is like a very nice woman and emma has this idea i'm going to improve her i'm going oh. to like improve her mind and by virtue of my society she cannot but be helped to be oh, yes. like like i'm going to fix this barbarian right <laughs> and like i'm going to raise her like yes raise Make her up right i'm going to raise her up it's interesting because emma's ideas about women's places in society are well a bit more advanced than what you would think like emma has this idea you know women shouldn't necessarily have to feel forced to go into a marriage. Emma herself has decided I'm never going to marry. I'm going to take care of my dad forever because like I like my life the way it is and nothing could possibly make it better. That's just kind of her deal. Fair enough. But it's so it's interesting. Like there's a lot of duality. It's like, "Oh my gosh, Emma, why?" But then it's like, "Oh, okay, I can agree with you on that point." <laughs> um she uh it's so one of the things that happens very early on in the book is harriet smith has an offer of marriage from a farmer who lives in the town somebody who is like like they're a good family emma does not deny that they are like anything but like proper mannered and everything but she thinks that this is burying beneath harriet mm. she thinks harriet would do wrong by accepting and harriet is described to be i think 17 or 18 and the other thing of course is uh well emma has to defend her uh, her, she has, it, it goes into a little a bit complicated because Emma and the Knightley family, Mr. Knightley they're like the two wealthiest people in town Mr. Knightley has the big estate and the farmer guy lives on Mr. Knightley's estate mm-hmm. and Mr. Knightley is kind of instrumental in encouraging the farmer to propose to Harriet because their temperaments are like they, they complement each other they make a good match, they'd have a comfortable life together, they'd be nice. happy etc. And Emma's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you know, Harriet, you shouldn't, you know, what? Like, she does it in such a way that it doesn't seem as if she's actually, like, telling. she's not telling Harriet, no, you shouldn't marry him. She's telling her, well, Harriet, what do you think you should do? Mm-hmm. Etc., and like kind of helping Harriet, like nudging her into making her own decision, which is no. Mm. And it's and, and in Emma's mind, she's like, Well, you know, Harriet can't, she shouldn't marry beneath her, she could do so much better. Mm-hmm. I want her to marry this other guy over here that is much wealthier and of much more consequence. And of course, Harriet says no, and Mr. Knightley comes over and talks to Emma, and he's like, Why would you prevent such a thing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Why would you think Harriet could possibly how could you think Harriet could possibly like capture the attention of a man who's like so much her superior in like class and wealth and everything? Mm-hmm. By the way, that whole thing is explored in Pride and Prejudice. Darcy and Elizabeth anybody? <laughs> Emma defends herself to Mr. Knightley who Mr. Knightley who immediately accuses her of having something to do in preventing the marriage between Harriet and the farmer and of Emma's like all denial. Mm-hmm. But one of the things she says to him is like Do you really think a woman should accept the first proposal of marriage that she gets? And I'm like, that is not an invalid idea.
0: Absolute valid. (laughs) Exactly. You you don't necessarily have to marry
1: your high school sweetheart. Exactly. And it's like, you don't have to marry the first person who asks you. (laughs) And that's what Emma says. And I'm like, I I mean, I agree with you, Emma, but (laughs) your other reasons are kind of like, "Eh, she's well intentioned. Right. So that was like kind of the feeling I got from reading the book, like, I came to like Emma as a person because one of the things in J, J not J.K. Rowling, Jane Austen, one of the things in her books is that the characters do undergo developments and kind of enlightenments uh, and realizations that are very instrumental in them growing as people. So, and that does happen with Emma. and and Mr. Knightley though in a way that and and pardon me if I'm spoiling this here if you haven't read Emma and want to sorry I'm going to spoil it because (laughs) this is a this is what we're talking about and I hope you don't mind no I don't mind I'm probably
0: never going to go into that okay I've never been in that I've (laughs) tried Pride and Prejudice At least three times, and I just cannot get into that world building. I've done, I really like the retelling, so I I looked up a retelling um, that was very popular on YouTube. It actually, one of the things that helped start the Green Brothers, as the Blog Brothers, was they did the Lizzie Bennet Diaries.
1: They did also, there's a spinoff of that, well, like, not a spinoff, but they did the one for Emma, too. Oh, did they? I think
0: it's the same. Definitely worth a watch. Like, it gives you all of that spirit with all that drama in a very modern YouTuber age. Um, so I like the spirit of it. It's just the wording, and that's
1: that's fine. I'm yeah. okay with that. Go yeah, ahead. exactly. Uh, and then there's, of course, the BBC version with Colin Firth, which a lot of people love. I love it, too. It's something that, you know, you need to have about six hours to commit to because it's <laughs> like, it was one of those miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Kira Knightley one, but then, of course, I'm just prejudiced because... <laughs> I'm just prejudiced. <laughs> I'm just prejudiced because I'm like, but this is only two hours long. I want six hours of this, thank you. I know.
0: The British are very good about that kind of thing. We're going to stretch this out. You're like, yes, yes, They know how to end series. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, end a series. Just let it die. Yeah.
1: Finish the story. Mm. Let people have their happy endings. So what happens to Emma? So Emma realizes that she actually loves Mr. Knightley. And the reason she realizes it is because Harriet eventually comes to her and says, I think I'm in love with Mr. Knightley. And Emma's like, wait a minute. She can't be in love with Mr. Knightley. He is far too above her station. Mr. Knightley can marry nobody but me. (laughs) And she doesn't say this to Harriet because she still values Harriet's friendship and she doesn't want to hurt her feelings, but some of her feelings do show on her face. And so uh during the story harriet actually goes away for a while to like spend time with emma's relations in london mm-hmm. and just to kind of like let things cool but like they they acknowledge that some sort of rift has occurred between them and the thing is like emma does i think the admirable thing and tells harriet like cuz at this point emma has realized she is not good at matchmaking <laughs> and um emma's like you know she won't prevent such a match, because if Mr. Knightley returns the same feelings, and and Harriet impl- seems to think he does, and he, he doesn't, but, like, she thinks he does, because he's a gentleman, and he treats her very
0: kindly uh, and everything, yes. and so Harriet... Good customer fanci- service or flir- flirting. Right. I mean, it's kind <laughs> of the same thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and so, uh, whoever it is, like, uh, if he was to regard anybody, he would... Definitely make it known to that person. Like he wouldn't like go about it in a kind of uh, he wouldn't be sending mixed messages. Right. He's not a mixed messages kind of guy. He's very direct. Mm. And and so Emma doesn't necessarily give Harriet hope, but she does tell Harriet if if you know if he really does return your affection, if he like he will definitely you know tell you like mm-hmm. you will know if he for sure regards you in the same way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course he he doesn't he's he he actually also has to come up, have a, have an about face because he also sort of is condescending to Harriet at the beginning of the book kind of thinking her not as well educated not having a very improved mind but then as and, and Emma reprimands him because she's like well you know you haven't gotten to know her like I have. Okay. And um, you know, and throughout the story, he he does. He gets to know Harriet, and he finds her to be like a very nice person. And he realizes he was kind of mistaken about just kind of making an assumption about her, just because she's the illegitimate daughter of some like local lord or something. Mm-hmm. And it's it, he he looks down on her a little <laughs> bit from his high horse. And <laughs> um, both Emma and Knightley, Mister Knightley, have. They, they come to these realizations. Uh, they both realize they've made some incorrect assumptions about people in different classes than themselves. Um, they make realizations about themselves as people. Like, you know, oh, you know, maybe I should think this through a little bit. <laughs> maybe
0: I'm being a little too snooty. Yeah, maybe
1: I'm being a little bit too snobby. Mr. Knightley doesn't really uh, display as much snobbery, if any, as Emma does in, in the book. And that's why she's called... The most difficult heroine because she is kind of a difficult person to like. Um,
0: I, but it's also fun that somebody wrote yeah. that because it's to have a character that's very difficult to like, and then people go back and being like, "Oh, you need to read this book." It's like there's so much change in this person, but she can mm-hmm. still be difficult. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have people. Uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world is my cousin, and she is very difficult. Um, but that's kind of her charm. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's who she is. Like, she's sweet. She's good-hearted. But she'll tell you to F off in a second. <laughs> and that's okay, because she's still a very good person.
1: You need people like that in the world. You need people in like that in the workplace, to be quite honest. Yes. Um, I have a couple of other friends who I would describe, like, objectively as... Difficult people, but that is also the reason I like them as
0: people. Oh yeah, and like if we were all the same, how boring
1: would that right? Be? And also, if you didn't have certain difficult people working in certain companies, you would never get anything done. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> sometimes you have to be the bad guy,
1: right? Um, so anyway, Emma and Mister Knightley do get married in the end, and and one of the things that Emma, one of the reasons I think that Emma is uh, so dead set on never marrying is because she is very devoted to her father who is probably one of the most comic characters in emma he's a hypochondriac oh, and so <laughs> it's uh, pretty I... funny actually <laughs> um but she doesn't you know he's very comfortable in his own home if she was to marry she'd have to leave and then mr knightley you know kind of says well you know if we get married i'll live in your house which is very Whoa, very different that is a different, different decision than any other man might have made in that I, time because yes. normally A woman getting married at the time would go and live in her husband's house, and so Emma, of course, is like over the moon that Mm -hmm. Mister Knightley would make such a great sacrifice Mm -hmm. for her father. But they also both of them acknowledge that that is just their due as children, basically. Mm -hmm. Like at that time, the duty of certain children, like especially if there were multiple children, like the older ones would usually go out and have a profession, and then there would usually be a younger one at home who uh is left to care for the parents that was just very normal like there was just like no question well of course like if i'm the one who's at home with parents etc like i'm like the youngest or whoever mm-hmm. i'm gonna be the one to stay at home and take care of my parents yes. or parent as the case may be and that's just like that's what you do mm-hmm. and it's not a bad thing and it does and and emma herself you know she's never really traveled outside the town she's never really been anywhere she doesn't think that she is like lacking in anything Mm -hmm. she's she is well off like she's the heiress to like thirty thousand pounds which is a lot of money back then yes she's never seen the seaside she's wanted to see the seaside but she never could go because her father couldn't do without her um and he couldn't be convinced to go out to the seaside with her because the one time they did it he didn't have a great experience and being a hypochondriac he's like i I won't leave the house like ever Mm -hmm. um except in very specific circumstances Mm -hmm. so um but it's it, it that's another interesting aspect like the relationships of parents and children in emma there's a lot of things going on in emma like i touched on class structure because it has such a bearing on the decisions and mindsets of a lot of these characters proper manners like it's just manners are a big thing in jane austen's book oh yeah yeah and there's a part of me that when i read them i'm like man I don't people behave like this anymore. If people would like get over like be able to just kind of get to the heart of some of their issues if they could communicate like this. But then at the same time, some of the characters in your books don't talk about their issues. Yeah. And it
0: proves to be very stressful for them and other people. Right. Cuz they're like, "Oh, it would be rude to talk about exactly. this kind of thing." And you're like, "No, it's yeah. not rude." Yeah,
1: Which is why I also really like Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy because Elizabeth is very good at speaking her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, she is much more forward in her speaking and her thoughts than her sister Jane, for instance, who is so reserved to the point where, you know, you know she really likes Mr. Bingley, but it would be too improper for her to display any forward like affection to him, because that's not the way things are done. Elizabeth can totally see it, though, and she is angry on Jane's behalf when Darcy convinces Bingley to come away from Netherfield because you know, for various reasons, I'm not convinced that Jane actually likes you because she just seems to treat you like every any other properly bred young woman would. like. So manners are definitely an important feature of Jane Austen's books. So I'm enjoying my Jane Austen readathon. I'm on Mansfield Park right now. Almost done. Next will be Northanger or Northanger. I better look up the pronunciation of that. I think
0: the H is silent. I think it's Northanger Abbey.
1: Northanger Abbey. Okay, I think Northanger Abbey is on my list next and I believe it's the the gothic satire Mm. and then will be Persuasion. Then I have uh, collections of a couple of Jane Austen's shorter works, stuff that she didn't finish, some Mm -hmm. of her letters and I don't know if I'll like after Persuasion and Love and Friendship and the Watson Sanditon I might continue into reading her letters, but I also kind of feel my mood
0: starting to progress from Jane Austen. I might go into a different direction. Are you... Is there any books in the Harry Potter bookshelf that you would kind of be... Not necessarily... It could be, like, while it's a list, but it could also be a mood, because yes, they're still tied into the Harry Potter universe.
1: Yes, so I am sort of interested in discovering some of E. Nesbitt's books. So her Five Children and It series, which was published a long time ago, mm-hmm. I've been trying to, I found the first two books. I thought that in some, certain used bookstores would be easier to find, but I've had a lot of trouble finding these mm-hmm. books. So I was able to find books one and two of that series. It's a fantasy, English fantasy series. Um, I think there's three books in the series, and they are usually shelved in the children's section these days, if, if you can find them at
0: all. Have you checked on Powell's.com because they sell used books on their website? I should do that. And it's only $5 shipping. Oh, well then,
1: I might have to go on Powell's.com to another complete one in um,
0: the book depository. Has, oh yes, I've heard of the book depository. Um, they've got really good customer service and they have what seems to be a million books and you can also purchase signed books online through the book depository. Right. And they're also well-backed by independent authors. They're like, oh, this is kind of... An, while it's big, like Powell's is big, there's at least five of them, um, it still has that heart of an independent bookstore if you right. want to support that kind of thing. So I so I think that's maybe
1: the direction I'm going to go next is some older English fantasy that um, also s- serves to inspire Harry Potter. Um, in addition to E. Nesbit, I also have... Let's see. Let me look at my list here. The Canterbury Tales.
0: Oh, really? Yes.
1: I remember reading these, some of them, in high school. Mm -hmm. And I think I kind of, you know, for a 10th grade student who likes reading in general and was pretty good at the English class, like, I liked them. I don't think I appreciated them in the way that I think I can now because the book Harry Potter's Bookshelf goes into the Canterbury's Tales mm-hmm. and kind of cites some of the characters and storylines and just like the f- the format as being reflected in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So there are actually three chapters in the Harry Potter books that are, um, well, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. The Canterbury Tales organized in like, uh, you know, I guess 24, 25 different, poems uh, like long long poems mm-hmm. and they're all like well the i guess that's the, the nun's tale and like mm-hmm. the, the the pilgrim's tale or whatever it is mm-hmm. and there are three chapters in the harry potter books that kind of harken back to that titling that format so there's the chapter hagrid's tale mm-hmm. in book five there's the prince's tale in book seven and then there's one other chapter, I can't remember what it is, and I didn't mark it off in this book, so I don't actually remember. It also
0: kind of sounds a bit like the Tales of the Beetle the Bard. Oh,
1: yeah. Because oh, the a... Tale of the Three Brothers.
0: Yes, yes, exactly, which is a very old folklore kind yes. of telling of it. So yeah. that's probably where she got that inspiration. Because yep. even the the full book Tales of Beetle the Bard, it has those kind of like Babbity-Rabbity and the Hopping Stump. It has those children's stories with a moral. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely, that's why it feels so familiar. Yeah. is it's kind of the tales that we've been told, fairy tales or whatever. The
1: cadence, the rhythm of storytelling is very familiar to us. And it's in a way that, you know, adults are meant to read them too and enjoy them just as much. So... Yeah, I have I kind of crafted my own British lit list or British slash European lit list based on my reading of Harry Potter, my reading of Harry Potter's bookshelf and just like kind of feeling like, okay, I'm grown up enough to want to read this stuff. And I think I'm grown up enough that I can read it with purpose and appreciate it in a way that I could not possibly have done as a
0: teenager. Oh, yeah. It's like watching shows that you watched as you were a kid, and you were like, oh, I didn't understand this at all. Yeah. So do we want to wrap this up and go over some of the stuff we purchased recently?
1: Yeah.
0: How about you go first? I'll dig my receipts out. Um. Yeah. Oh, um, I've purchased a couple of things, and I've also been gifted a couple of things. Not by anyone who actually listens to this, but i did pick up a model of a a diy kit of a model of a tiny bookstore i love it um i saw it you can see posts on it on fangirl reads on instagram but it i saw a post that had what's called a book nook and it's a little tiny diorama of a tiny place and the one i saw was diagonally and i was like and it looks like a world in your bookshelf. and I was like just so smitten with it. It looks so cute. Turns out that one is like $250 and I do not (laughs) have $250 for it. However, I do have $30 for this one. It's called Sam's Study. You build the bookshelves. You build the little tiny books. The books have pages that you can open. There's a teapot that you have to hide somewhere. It's a lot like a very difficult gluing together Lego set. And it's so enjoyable. It gives me like this little space to myself because I'm really bad about taking uh, breaks at work. But if I have that, I'm like, ooh, I'm just going to do one book. I'm going to make one bookshelf. And it gives me that like space to breathe and think and yeah. not. And just do something with my hands. And it yeah. gives me that like delightful creative outlet.
1: I definitely need something to do like that. I haven't had a lot of energy for it but you know i'm getting there yeah i have
0: the behind ariana sitting on my couch is the newt scamander case from lego i got that at christmas and i still haven't put it together um even though i've wanted it for probably two years um, but that'll probably come after the bookshelf. Yeah,
1: show. it'll all like it's like the right feeling in time. I started a jigsaw
0: puzzle last night because I'm Ooh. like, I
1: just need to do a jigsaw puzzle.
0: Oh, I almost picked up this beautiful rainbow circular jigsaw mm. puzzle because my three year old she's very into puzzles right now. I was like, well, maybe we'll do something that's a little harder. And we'll do it together as a family, and then when I'm done, I have art. Yeah. Um. So I might do that. Uh, that's I did awesome. get my wonderful, wonderful stepmother, she had too many credits on Audible. (laughs) Too many credits on Audible. I've never ever had too many credits on Audible. Partly because uh, one of the things I do for Christmas is give my sister and my cousin a book every year um, so that we can all, we call it the World's Worst Book Club because we never actually talk about the books. We just like, hey, we like this book and then I buy them a book every year. So I never have extras. But she was like, Send me five books that you want. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, I want to pick something that I don't have sitting on my shelf because then I get flicted, conflicted about the type of book I'm reading. Like, I have um, Renegades in both physical copy and a digital copy, and because of the last podcast, I had to get the audiobook so that my husband and I can listen to it in the commute. And it's amazing in the commute, too, because some books don't translate to audiobooks because you get to hear every single detail. For example, I tried to read the original, the world's most famous Arthurian telling, um, The Once and Only, The Once, once, and, fe- not, once and, and Future, future King. King. Oh my god. It has way too many descriptions. He goes into, the, uh, the audio narrator has to go into a 15 minute speech of just what's in merlin's room, <laughs> it's just like wow. and then there's a teapot and then there's an upside down teapot and then there's this and then there's that and you're like i can't do this anymore i just cannot something that i think is reads reads better
1: like on paper like if you yeah. want if you want to read descriptions of things and places which i do like doing i'm just not always in that mind thing. right
0: yeah, and you not, not with, always in that mood yeah with the the and that's the thing with physical books you can kind of scan ahead and be like are we done talking about the room now? and you just <laughs> just kind of skip ahead and like maybe later. Um, but Renegades is actually really great because it's got beautifully choreographed fight scenes. It's got really descriptive yet again like the Lunar Chronicles, beautiful world building. Very feels a lot like she's telling you from the character's perspective, that she's not giving too much of any of it away. You want to find out for yourself what this character is. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pick up something that was not physical and not digital, which is really hard because I have a lot of books. So I actually picked up a study in Charlotte by Brittany Cavallero. I'm sorry if I'm reading that name. It's a retelling of Sherlock Holmes, modern day with girls. and that's all I need to know about it I don't really need to know anything else it's based off of a study in Scarlet and I'm ready I'm ready for it I also picked up super popular right now Four Dead Queens by Astrid Schulte super popular YA lit about four queens who have to fight for a crown and I'm about that one i've had on my list for a really long time and they just came out with a second book is dance of thieves by mary yeah i have that on my list yeah i pick that up by mary e pearson and it's just i don't know what about it i maybe it's just the cover and it's funny because we everyone has always heard about don't judge a book by its cover but now that i'm slowly but surely like getting into like bookstagram and readers and people who publish it Absolutely judge a book by its cover. Someone's getting paid to do that. (laughs) Someone's responsible for that cover, and they want to convey what's in the book on the cover. And
1: sometimes you just need to look past the cover to what's within. Yeah,
0: so that's why I do recommendations, read the subs. But this one, I was like, oh, it's just too gorgeous. And then uh, one that Ariana's read, Eliza and Her Monsters. Oh, yes. I really liked that book. By Francesca Zappia it just has this weird mood feeling like mm-hmm. maybe romance but mostly spooky and i could totally go for
1: something spooky right now i would recommend having like a box of tissues near you i think i already told you this oh. it, it's it gets real but oh. it's like a i felt like it was a good real it's like you like know like what? a cleansing real kind of yeah, yeah. because like well, you'll when you when you're in the right place to read it, you'll see what I mean. Mm-hmm. And like I read it maybe in the last few weeks of my pregnancy, I think. Mm, that's right. Uh, so yes, I was very pretty emotional, like feeling emotions. Like yeah. I consider myself to be uh, not always in touch with my emotions, and so this is something I discuss with my therapist sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like getting in touch with emotions. Like I am an emotional person, but I also don't display
0: you
1: know them stoic thing. Yeah, I'm. The very I can. Stoic. I can withstand a lot. Um, this. I was just you know I was on maternity leave too so I was really enjoying my last four like four weeks off <laughs> oh my gosh I yeah. hadn't had four weeks off since college and my I'm problem like with
0: the four weeks off is that I was so big I was so tired all the time all I did was sleep. <laughs> I
1: slept a lot I didn't drive anywhere because who wants to drive when they're pregnant? We,
0: and uh, we went to the the Juice when you were super pregnant and you oh, picked yeah. up four boxes of Oreo cookies and one didn't oh make my it to gosh. the car. Yeah, <laughs> one didn't make it to the car unopened. So that's right. I and did then, drive out there and we met. We went to half of yes, books. Yes, and then you told me that that box of the Oreos did not make it to the house. Right.
1: <laughs> I ate a lot of Oreos. But yeah, I mean, I was able to read like eight books mm. over the four weeks. And one of them was Eliza and her monsters.
0: And then the last book i got was landline which i talked about earlier which is yeah i'm it's so i started listening to it i probably only listened to maybe a half an hour of it which is like three chapters and it's definitely like a slow lead up but it's also like super like interesting because this woman is so into her career but she can see what it's doing because it's it's this goal that she's been working for for 15 years she's finally got this But this is hurting her family and her relationship with her husband so much. But she has to make that decision. And it's so tough. And so it's also like talking to yourself and figuring that out. So I'm also about that. But I am tempering it with the other books that I'm reading that are definitely
1: swimming. I've definitely been um, struggling with that idea of giving my all to my chosen profession, my career, such such as it is, like, I like, I like that I can be a working parent. I will not deny that almost every day I wish I could be at home with my son. Mm -hmm. But we don't live in an area or a day and age where that is really possible. I would love to be at home with Harry. I would love to have the energy to be at home with Harry.
0: Yeah, and for me, it was actually, I had, I couldn't wait to go back to work Mm -hmm. because I loved my daughter. But I was just not engaged in anything. I mm-hmm. was just by myself and the baby, who was just very needy. Mm-hmm. I was alone a lot. Whether it was not necessarily my friends' problems, I was the one that was kind of isolating myself, a kind of postpartum. And yeah. um, it was just awful. I was mm-hmm. just always by myself. I'd watch. Hours of television, I'd wait for my husband to get home just because I just needed to be engaged in something. Mm-hmm. And so, but I do now have that issue it's like, man, I really want to see my kid because, yeah. especially since she has this sense of wonder. Mm-hmm. And although we ask, she asks why far too often, <laughs> um, she does have this cool, like, perspective on the whole world.
1: Yeah, I, I it was hard to get out of the house. I, definitely had some postpartum depression like a lot of postpartum depression and I didn't want to go back to work because I didn't feel like I'd had enough time to recover from anything Mm -hmm. and I had to go back to work because Aiden had lost his job Mm -hmm. and so the whole idea of me being a part-time working parent did not work out the way I wanted it to nothing worked out the way I had wanted it to but now I'm at a point where I'm like I'm glad the way things are the way they are because Aiden and I are able to provide a pretty good life for Harry Yeah, and Aiden and I have a good understanding between us so he res- understands and respects that I need my me time as much as he needs his time and he does a lot as far as childcare, kitchen work he does a lot of that and it's and it's and it kind of has in the last in part of 2019 stress was like I was the primary breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Aiden was freelancing, so he was bringing in income, but, like, I had the consistent job. Like, mm-hmm. I was going in... I, I work in the city. I work in San Francisco. It is... A, takes me an hour to get there,
0: and, um, like, it's hard
1: when, it's like, hard. you don't see your kid a lot, and I'm like... But
0: for me, we, we had the same thing, where we were... it was very difficult for us when our daughter was born and the subsequent years after this, but we've had come up and talk about the hard things like Mm -hmm. we've had to have some very difficult conversations and like realizations about ourselves like maybe things that we were denying yeah whether you were like oh I have a spending habit or oh I have you know I'm too into this or Mm -hmm. I'm too into that or perspective it was like we really had to knuckle down and come together as a team right and it also became easier because she wasn't screaming at us all the time Right. <laughs> so, and Harry was a very colicky child. He was very, very yeah. sensitive.
1: Yeah, he very, very sensitive. He cried a lot. The, in general, he was pretty good. It was just like the wakefulness in mm-hmm. the nighttime. That was like broken sleep will kill you. It, yeah. It,
0: it's reason. There's a reason that sleep deprivation is a type of torture.
1: Yeah. It is. It was pretty bad, um, because it, that was like, I think the crux of some of the strain on Aiden's and my relationship is the broken sleep and how it made us, uh, how it affected us and how oh, it yeah. affected us as people, how we, how we, uh, behaved with each other. Okay, Cause it will just... make you make you do and say things that you regret later. Yeah. And the fact that we could regret them and realize that mm-hmm. what we had said was really just because it was the broken sleep talking. That was like something that helped our relationship. It's like, okay, in this moment, We just suck, (laughs) but we know that there's there's, light at the end of the yeah exactly.
0: And then we could just roll with this. And for us, we've had recently had a a reconnection. It was Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is what it's like being a couple and having our kid, where it's not just. Both of us sitting on the other side of the couch, taking turns trying to take care of her, just mm-hmm. trying to keep our sanity. Right. For us, it's like, oh, let's watch movies together. So, like, it was really nice to stay up and watch um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before because it's a book that I've read, whereas uh, he has a. is not very good at reading books to the extent of. I mean, most people have a hard time reading books like we do. <laughs> um, but it was also nice to, like, sit down and watch a romantic comedy yeah Just, you know, that's did. What, we did that <laughs> Aiden and I did that several months
1: ago we were like okay we're gonna I don't know I think we were planning to watch like American Dad or something and then on Netflix came across Wine Country with mm-hmm. Amy Poehler and I'm like Aiden we are watching that it is a work night but I don't care <laughs> we are watching this movie and he enjoyed it and I enjoyed it and it was great yes so my recent purchases um John, I can see how oh. long a couple of these receipts are. <laughs> They're CVS receipt length. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> I think CVS is actually longer. Though oh. I get them emailed to me now. Oh, so. thank
0: God. You um, can wrap a money
1: in those. I mentioned that I work in San Francisco. I work in the financial district. I don't like to call it the FIDI because that's just stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very New York. It's, and San Francisco is dot, not New York. No, it's it really isn't. But setting aside my thoughts on San Francisco as a city,
1: um, it has some excellent bookstores. Yes, yeah, I'm so, very
0: jealous. You're near some
1: very, very good Yes, ones. I work, um, you know, for any creepy people listening to this, I'm not going to tell you exactly where I work, but I can, without too much trouble, get myself to City Lights Books, mm-hmm. Alexander Book Company, and a book passage, which form a pleasant triangle. Mm-hmm. And if I have a half day at work, or if Aiden tells me it's okay to try, if I, if, if I get out on time to make a detour to one of the bookstores mm. on my way home on BART, um, I'll dip in, I'll like go into those bookstores mm. when I can. So, recently was President's Day weekend, and mm. um, in my industry, uh, long three-day weekends are usually preceded by a 1pm closure of the office mm. on the Friday for the Monday weekend which is nice and so that means I have about two hours or so that I can do whatever before I absolutely need to be on my way home Mm -hmm. and lately I have I had been wanting to go to Alexander Book Company because it is a three-floor bookstore all different genres it's a great store their hours are um they're not open super late. And I think it's because of the location. You know, they're really close to a bunch of companies. It's not like a place an area of San Francisco where there's a lot of nightlife. So they close like yeah. a six. Or yeah, seven. Financial
0: District, the last time I was in there, which was several years ago, it was like that section of the city just shuts down. Yeah, it's
1: pretty much dead from like late Friday evening through Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alexander Book Company, I went in and I was really only planning to maybe get one or two books. And I came out with like 15 things. (laughs) I actually bought an extra tote bag so I could get it all on the (laughs) Bart. And the guy who sold me my books was like, yeah, you want me to put those behind the counter for you? And I was like, yes, please. (laughs) Um, I hit the bargain section. They have an excellent selection of bargain books on each floor. So I went up to the top floor, which has the children's book section. And they had like a whole wall of like board books that were like
0: oh, you yeah know, low price. And although I I understand why children's books are expensive, it's still so hard on my pocketbook because I, I cannot justify $15 for a board book. I'm so, sorry. Yeah. I can't do it.
1: I lately um I'm, it depends on the bookstore, so if I shop at like a local independent bookstore. I don't mind plunking down 10 or $15 for one, for one or two board books. Usually mm-hmm. if it's a $15 board book, it's a larger book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I figure like it's one book mm-hmm. and I want to support my local bookstore. Um, but because uh, we, hap- we tend to go into like areas where the late night bookstores are so like I'll get lots of books from half price books mm-hmm. I t- I do appointments in Rockridge part of Oakland Oakland which has Pegasus books they have also a lot of good bargain books and I always find a lot of good kids books that are like half or like 75% off the normal list price So I picked up a various number of children's books but some of the pretty great children's books I got like I got a large board book format of Room on the Broom
0: for like four dollars
1: I think it was four or five dollars it's
0: because that people marketed it as a Halloween book Yeah, absolutely. It's
1: not. not, It's not a Halloween book. It's a book about a witch. Exactly. It's (laughs) and I. I didn't read it to Harry yet because it is a bit longer and he doesn't have quite the attention span yet. But I read it to
0: myself and it's. It's really good. It's got those great cadences Mm -hmm. and every time I read that book, that's my favorite to read. Yeah. Um. I inevitably fall into a witch voice and that cracks (laughs) myself up um, internally. It doesn't make my daughter laugh. "Eh, (laughs) Not yet. But I'm every time.
1: Um, so I also found a bargain copy of The Little Island by Margaret Wise Brown. We've been reading Goodnight Moon a lot, and so I've been discovering some of her other books.
0: Yeah, Runaway Bunny. Yeah, we got,
1: we got that one. Um, I also got My World, which is like the Goodnight Moon Companion. We don't read that one as much just because like Goodnight Moon is like, the cadence, you know, it's what Harry's used to right before going to bed. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I got, I picked up a few picture books that were in the bargain section for Harry when he's older. Looking at Lincoln by Myra Colman and it's like a picture book about Abraham Lincoln, the, the memorial specifically. Oh, neat. And I remember reading it back when I worked at the children's bookstore in Los Altos, Linden Tree Books, which has some of my happiest memories are there. I haven't been in there in years. Uh, it is just too hard to get there.
0: Yeah, is uh, hard to
1: get it it, it, it it used to be a 40 to 45 minute drive. It doesn't take under, like I would say, 50 to 60 minutes now to get to Los Altos or Palo Alto or wherever. Uh, But I read it then when it came out, and I really liked that book, so I decided, it's on bargain sale. I'm going to pick it up and put it on Harry's bookshelf for later. I got Sylvia's Bookshop, which is a picture book about the Shakespeare and Company bookstore in Paris. Cool. And uh, kind of like a sort of fictionalized, but it's more like, it's kind of like a bio picture book about the woman who opened the bookstore and ran it for a while. And it's one of the bookstores that I'd love to go to um, if Aiden and I can get to Paris ever. Um, and then other books that I picked up, I got, I found The Enchanted Castle by E. Nesbitt, which is one of the authors that mm-hmm. I'm going to explore in my reading in JK Rowling's footsteps, Um, I picked up, let's see. I, it was like the, I got a lot of stuff at Alexander Book Company that day, and then when I went back, because I got a $10 credit from all the stuff I bought the first time... I
0: mean, you gotta use
1: it. I gotta use it, right? <laughs> so the next time I went back, I picked up an annotated Sense and Sensibility, because I'm already planning my next Jane Austen readathon. I haven't even completed the first one, and I'm like, I'm picking up annotated copies of these because I want to do deeper studies of them. And so I picked that up. I'm um, not gonna judge you. <laughs> you do you, boo. Exactly. Um... I'm doing my own English class and I don't even have to write a paper on anything. Uh,
0: so good. Yeah. And well, this is your paper. Exactly. This is your dissertation. This
1: is my okay. dissertation. Um, we're very close. We're, each of us are close to a half prize books location. Uh, I didn't know about half-price books until I think Aiden and I started dating, and he probably Uh, brought me to a half-price books the first time.
0: The first one I discovered was in Dublin, and it was uh, Dublin, California, and it was a complete coincidence, Yeah, stumbled upon it, and I was like... (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> I think the first one I went into was the one in Berkeley on, oh. was
1: it is it Shattuck Avenue? It's on Shattuck. Yeah, that's the first one I discovered. I actually like the Dublin one better because I think it's
0: bigger. The Dublin one's the best one. Yeah, I think it is the best. Well, actually, Fremont's pretty good. Fremont's Okay. I love Dublin. Okay. I have a special attachment to Dublin yeah. because you, you never forget your first bookstore. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's um, also
1: closest to us, and there's a Starbucks
0: right nearby, so you can get a book and it, get a coffee. Yeah, it's like right in the heart of Dublin, mm-hmm. so you can still do a bunch of things. Whereas Fremont, you're at the Fremont Hub, which doesn't have much anymore. Yeah. Um, the there's- Concord one was, I didn't, I liked its location, I didn't like its selection. It did move but i did so, hear that it moved yeah it, it had shut down for a while and now they've moved we should go explore that bookstore at some point we should uh-huh. um and then there was one other i don't remember where it was though geez i don't remember where it is either there is another one. Oh though.
1: well the, i i like the berkeley one it's just there's five berkeley concord dublin Fre- fremont and then there's one more i think
0: i'll look it up you can yeah me.
1: all right so at half price books we went to half price books last weekend uh, of course, I go in thinking, I'm just going to try and find more Jane Austen books. And then I came out with like 20 things. Mm-hmm. And it's because I always scour the children's section at half-price books because, you know, you find some good
0: stuff so there. That's If I had to recommend new parents to buy books, I would absolutely recommend, if you're in California, getting the half-price books. Yes. You can get every copy of just a used copy of any book you can think of right now yeah um that's where predominantly I got my board books they mm-hmm. were already slightly stuffed which is fine because my daughter tries to chew it
1: yeah I get I get a lot of board books from there too so I picked up like let's see 100 first animal oh wait no that was a gift. well I got a. I got what would you buy for a, yourself for for myself All right. So Aiden and I went to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child last Saturday. It was amazing. Definitely meant to be watched. I loved reading the script. It's definitely meant to be watched. It is an immersive experience when you watch it. It's meant to be performed. Reading the script is not going to be like reading a book.
0: Yeah. I read the script and I liked it, but
1: it felt flat. You need to... It's a a live experience. So... At the show, I wanted to buy the book about the play because I am that person who will buy a book about how the play was done, and I will read it cover to cover. Absolutely. So they were sold out, mm-hmm. and I, I, I did buy the silent track because I... I really liked the music in the play. The music is by Imogen Heap. Oh, yes. Yeah. Delightful. So I bought the soundtrack. I'm going to load it onto my computer. So the very that very day, I was like, Aiden, can we go to Half Price Books tomorrow with Harry so I can try and find this book mm-hmm. of, of the play? Because I know it's there, and I know they'll be selling it for 20% off. Right. So I went and got that for myself i'm waiting for the right moment to read because it's a big book i can't really Mm -hmm. i can't lug it on bart i don't want to take it on bart because that's not the kind of book i want to like crack open on bart when there's a bunch of people and i don't want to risk it getting bent or whatever right so i bought i bought that for myself and i was purposely waiting to buy it because i'd seen it on sale before but i was like i don't want to buy it until i've seen it
0: right and that's like i have that problem with sometimes problem it's not really a problem other than it slows down my habit um where I want to feel a book and look a book and like kind of skim the pages before I buy or read a book yeah and that that helps for me that's that's one, the number one reason I go into bookstores yeah is to physically feel a book and feel and skip ahead see what the kind of cadence is, mm-hmm. feel the jacket. It, it's a whole experience. It really is. It is a whole experience. Oh, I did pick up a copy of the language of thorns by Lee
1: Bardugo. Cause I really, really liked reading that when I, I, cause I kind of binge read the shadow and bone trilogy when yes. I was on maternity leave. And, um, I bought, I, included the language of thorns in that and i really like that and i'm trying to buy up the original covers so i found ruin and rising at half price books and then i found language of thorns it's hard to find her
0: books at half price books because they're 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 popular they're very popular yeah whereas like harry potter is very popular but it's not for everybody and And it's been out for a while and it's been out for uh when it comes to lee bardugo's books it's like oh yeah this is i'm absolutely going to keep this yeah um have you done six of crows yet
1: yes I so I I just lent those to my
0: father-in-law because mm. I don't think he read them he read the other ones um but I did you know the original the original books are now going to be a television series yes they oh just finished wrapping yes I'm so excited yes I
1: I look forward to that so I I'm I'm building up my Lee Bardugo books. I have not
0: read Language of Thorns I need to go back and do it
1: okay yeah it's 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 a shorter book you know it's like a it's like the tales of Be- what tales of beetle the bard is to harry potter mm-hmm. so so that's one thing one other thing i bought for myself and then kind of for harry but also for me i found just randomly because you find random things at half price books and any bookstore really but because by nature of it being a used bookstore you just find random things i found a picture book about the british library oh, okay. and i'm like oh well i want to read this because i've been there and i can enjoy reading about it and it will just inspire me to want to go back I think I hear our children.
0: Yep, we've got to wrap it up. And that wraps it up for chapter one of Books, Words, and Lady Nerds. Just wanted to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you liked what you heard, leave a comment and let us know what you think. We're at Books, Words, Lady Nerds, no and, at both places. Thanks for listening. Keep reading.